When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, we're live. Welcome to Parenting with a Punch show. Your host, Amanda Hool, parentingwithapunch.com, to learn about all the ways that you can work with me. We have a special guest here tonight, Dr. Edwards. Please welcome and say hello. Hello. Nice to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So tell us where you are located. Um, you're located in LA. Yes. Awesome. And you're for anyone that uh, would like information on Dr. Edwards. Here we are. So, so tell t- tell me what 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 is it that you do out in LA? Your practice. You're an entrepreneur. You're a mom. Yes. You're a professor. <laughs> I kind of have my hands in everything right now. Love it. Yes. The entrepreneur thing is very new. Okay. In about a year. And it's something they don't teach you in school. But I yeah. realized that I don't really like working for people. I hear you. And <laughs> I really felt like I could do more, mm-hmm. be more active if I started my own business. That's yeah. great. Yes. And then I'm a professor at two different campuses. And I'm oh. a ten-year-old. Very nice, very nice. So, where do you where do you teach? What um, campuses are you at? Are you at right now? And what are you teaching? I'm at Pacific Oaks College, and this semester I'm teaching a gerontology class. And I'm also okay. teaching um, what other class? Oh, I'm teaching a class in their human development department called Reflective Teaching. And then oh, wow. I'm at um, a school called University of the West. And I'm teaching clinical and psychological um, treatment with adolescents, kids and adolescents, human sexuality, and I'm teaching a wellness class. Very cool. Yeah. That's, you, you definitely have your hands full. You are a busy woman. I am very <laughs> busy. Definitely. You are 
You are busy. So some of the, now I know that you work with youth and some of, what do you, in, in your like daily practice, what are some of the, or the, the clientele that you work with? Okay, so I'm going to give you a brief of like my day. So, of course, my day starts when I get my son up, get him ready for school, drop him off. I have a, a few hours to do stuff around the house, then I go in. So I work in a locked facility, and I see patients with severe mental illness. Okay, okay. And some of my other patients are um, of older adults. So I work in a ger geriatrics and, okay. time. and um, I teach at night and then in my business I work with families so I work awesome. with families and schools so my goal is to bridge the gap between parents, teachers and the community Absolutely. so that's my focus that is amazing That that is like all I <laughs> that's, that's my love right there so I love hearing that so with the, and I know that you do um, a lot with like troubled youth too, right? From yes, what I do um, a lot of gang intervention work, gang intervention and prevention. Uh, and, you know, that's the important thing of bridging the gap between parents, schools, and the community is to yeah. help kids, you know, help teachers understand parents and parents understand teachers and then make it a community. You know, we're a village and that's how we keep our kids out of trouble. You know, because we're trying to prevent kids from all that unstructured time that they have, you mm -hmm. know, from parents working. And that's why mm -hmm. I really promote co-parenting because I'm able to really take off in my career because I co-parent well with my son's father. He's a huge yeah. help. Yes. So my son is not alone and he's not babysitting himself. He's either with me or him. And then, you know, my family is very helpful as well. So I, I truthfully understand what it is to be a working parent. And, you know, yeah. sometimes kids do have to stay alone. And that's how a lot, of, a lot of them get in trouble. Absolutely. Now, and do you see, and I'm sure in certain neighborhoods, but do you see a lot of that um, in, like, in or around your neighborhood? or Not where I personally live, but... Okay. Um, neighborhood I grew up, you know, I grew up in lower SCS. I grew up in the inner city. So I see yeah. it all the time. I mean, I was a kid running, running around in a neighborhood, but neighborhoods were different back then too. Even though we lived in the inner city, the, the whole block, everybody knew each other. You know, it's not like that now. So yeah. you know, kids running around in the street could cause them to get into trouble. It's like if I was outside playing all day, if I did something wrong, one of the neighbors would come get you. Yes. And take you home or they would, you know, take care of it. Now it's not like that. We were, we rarely know our neighbors now. I know. Or you'd call up the neighbor. You'd have the neighbor's phone numbers or, you know, whatever. Right. Go over and knock on the door. <laughs> Definitely. Now it's not like that. So it's definitely here in LA, we have gang violence is really high. I know, you know, people see it on the news, see what's going on. Yeah. Really, it starts in the home. Yes. It starts in the home and at school, that's where kids are most of the day. And if we could get parents and teachers, I mean, yeah, excuse me, parents and teachers on the same page, mm -hmm. it could help building that community. And I think that's missing now. Yeah, I... 
It is really true. I mean, I, so I'm a, my background, I'm a licensed teacher and I tried teaching um, and doing, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I, I just, especially in working with children with special needs um, and the behavioral piece of it, the, I have really strong classroom management. I think just naturally, I, I don't know, or maybe some of the work that I've done in the past and working with juvenile delinquent boys or, right certain, you know, training, but they, like, it's, if you don't have the classroom management piece, you know, working in the schools right. for the kids that have that difficulty and don't understand or have like the tools to be able to manage. And then especially you don't have the communication with the parents then it makes it really hard to, to bridge the two. So right. I, I commend you on trying to bring that those two together because I think it's so, so huge. And just to try and help the parents to engage, right? And like, right, exactly. And, and one of the things here is that when you, in the lower SCS, you know, we have a lot of, um, a lot of kids whose parents don't speak English. Mm-hmm. You know, in LA, it's a melting pot here. Yes. So we don't have a lot of times these parents are afraid to come to the schools. You know, they're undocumented. They don't have a lot of translators, you know, so they feel uncomfortable. I went to a Catholic school and did a training last month and it was predominantly Latino. And that was some of the issues that was brought up. And then, you know, one thing that I learned culturally they have a lot of um, grandparents are really involved. So it's so many people parenting that child and it's a lot of coddling going on. Right. So my focus have been just really trying to provide parent trainings and trainings for the teachers. It's not a lot of training that the teachers aren't prepared to deal with violent students. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Or, or students with mental health issues. Right. Yep. Yep. I mean, as far as I'm sure, like even, even anxiety or depression, depression, I mean, especially once you get into the older years, um, you know, or I shouldn't even say that because even in, in elementary and middle school, you start to see a lot of it, but it's hard to like pinpoint a lot of the times. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have those kids that's in the system. That's on medication. It's so many factors and so many layers that you guys as teachers have to deal with that people really don't know. And you guys, you know, they don't train you guys to deal with it. Right. So That's the thing. We need to provide more trainings for teachers that's focused on those kids that do have mental health issues, understanding like the medications that they're on. You guys need to know the trauma history of these kids. Right. Right. Yep. No, it's very, very true. Now, I, it's funny that. So with the trauma, um, it, I was just having a conversation with a client um, the other day. Now, do you do you find like with kids with trauma um, and obviously I'm sure it depends on the approach and and like how you and how you deal with it, like more in like the talk therapy or do you find that they benefit well when you have like the team approach with the parent, if that's even possible or with kids, you know, it's it's really hard to do talk therapy with younger kids. Play therapy is so 
you don't people don't understand what they get out of play therapy with kids mm -hmm. um when they when they become teens yeah it's easier to do talk therapy but with kids you can't sit down and really converse with kids for them to really cognitively they don't get what you're saying so play therapy is something that um therapists do with kids and my coaching I do a lot of um, activities with the kids and because my coaching, I'm able to go in the home Yes, in their environment. It, mm -hmm. it really helps. So I may have a, a kid I'm working with that loves video games. I have a son. I know how to play video games. So right. whoever gets that child to talk, yes. I will do. If we outside shooting basketball, whatever it is, mm -hmm. we need to be prepared because kids, they talk different. They express different than we do. Right. And it's, and it's up to us as like the providers and the adults to sort of like tune into that and to be able to recognize certain actions that, that are, you know, calling out for help or, you know, kids express themselves and as we know, in very different ways. <laughs> you know, we want to label kids as bad. Right. How they express themselves. They let us know something is going on. You know, something right. somewhere, yep. either in a home or as a school, you know, they may be getting bullied. Something is going on when a kid is acting out. It's not just because it's something. Right. There's always an underlying factor. You have to get to the the root of the problem and figure out why it is that the child is acting out. Yeah. And if a kid is in an environment that communication is not key, like my son, he communicates very well. He will be a child that will be able to do talk therapy because me and his dad really communicate with him. So sometimes it's like communicating with an adult because he yeah. talks, he's so well spoken and he could express the way he feels and it makes sense. Right. But all kids aren't like that. Very true. Very true. You know, but would you agree? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. It just depends on the environment. We don't yeah. talk to him like a baby. We've always done that. So he knows how to communicate with us when something is going on. Right. Absolutely. And would you agree, too, that if you can try and promote it as early as you can in the younger years in terms of, like, communicating effectively their emotions and how to handle their emotions and like express it as opposed to getting physical or is super beneficial. Right. One of the things I used to do with my son when he was very, very young. Yeah. Is, um, and I'm not trained in somatic ex experience, but I know that when you, I used to tell him, where do you feel it on your body? You know, where, where is it that, you know, when he will be crying or he will be flustered and upset, tell mommy where you feel it. And he like, mommy, I feel it in my head. Okay, let's hold it there. Let's talk about that. So it's different things that you could do. Yeah. Them earlier on. Yes. I and love that. I've, I've, I, I think it's, I've, I feel like I've heard and seen parents use that, um, you know, like, talk, like talking about to try and recognize it in the body. Um, right. but I love that, that suggestion and that approach, like asking where do you feel it, you know, and trying to like teach them like right. they feel it in their stomach and it's anxiety. Right. Or, it might be their heart. They right. Know their heart. They fast. Exactly. It's so many things that 
we could do. We just really have to be in tune with our children. And, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes we get so busy, you know, we always on our phones. There's so much going on now that sometimes we just have to stop. One of the things that used to really work is I take 15, 20 minutes and just talk to him. Like, how was your day? What's going on? So we usually know what's going on because we also talk to him. Right. Yeah. You know, you the, keep you keep that open communication. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's getting older, so it's like he don't want to be bothered with us. But you yeah, know, but he, <laughs> he's gotten so used to it. He even be like, "How was your day at work?" Because he's so used to me us talking about how our day was. Right. Right. Yeah. I. That's so sweet. And believe me, when he gets older too, he's gonna not want to talk to you even more. Right. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> one of the things that I, I definitely stress with the co-parenting is if you can make it work, really try because raising a boy as a woman, a boy needs a man. Yeah. There's certain things that I can't teach him. So right. it was very important for, you know, when the relationship was over with me and my son father for us to be able to co-parent to raise him because I know it's certain things that I can't teach him. Right. You know, yep. so it's, we have to learn to set our emotions aside for our kids. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I'm sure, you know, and it's hard. It's obviously, it's not easy. It takes practice. You have to be conscious with right. it. And, and, and just, you know, and obviously I'm sure the communication you kind of have to like work through and figure out between the two of you, how you can make it work. So you're both not like on top of each other and you can come right. at, come at it like fair. And right. And, own... and knowing that we are a team and like, you know, our son, he can't really get over on us too much because, you know, we communicate. So right. No right. splitting. He don't go back and forth. You know, I'm working with the family now who I can't even get them to co-parent. I, and it's so much splitting, you know, because the child, he could tell dad one thing and tell mom another thing because mom and dad won't talk. Right. Now, is this, is this a family that is married still or they divorced are the family? They are a divorced family. OK, divorced but they they're, they're not talking. For they a while, some years. And it's dad still act like it was yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, I he, he's the one that struggles to co-parent. Right. Right. Yeah, it, it can be hard. I and actually it's fun uh divorced families that I've worked with um in the home. Sometimes it is the dad that um and I don't know if it's because the children are more full-time with mom or Okay. No worries. I have a dog here too. I'm surprised we haven't heard him uh, bark at all I'm yet. New the, I'm new to the dog. I just let my son get a dog last month, so get oh. to it. <laughs> well, I have one, so believe me. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm sure he loves it. Yeah, he does. He he loves it. my parents like have dogs and he always asked for one. So I finally, you know, let him get one. Good for you, mom. Yes. Good I'm not you. into animals at all, but you know, <laughs> we make sacrifices for our kids. 
Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So are you look so with the um some of the work that you do like in the homes, is it is it prevalent out there or I should say more so with the, trying to bridge the communication or has it been sort of tough to to sort of like work into that? You know what? It, it's different because yeah. I, I, I'm not coming at it with a therapeutic approach. One thing that I found is that with the coaching, especially with kids, a lot of them feel more comfortable. And I'm able to, you know, if I was to do therapy, it's you come in the office, you have your right. 45 to 50 minutes, and then I'll see you next week. With the coaching, is more intimate. So I think that helps. Like, you know, I come to birthday parties. Like, I really get involved with the family yes. structure. So I think that helps a lot and is very comfortable. Like, one of the kids I work with, he looks forward. He was actually had the flu today, and he did not want to miss. So I get there, and I'm telling his mom, well, you, you know you could have canceled. She's like, no, he never wants to cancel. He never wants to cancel. Oh, I love it. It's like my coach is coming today. I love it. Right? I, so I, I think, you know, sometimes, especially at the age he is, adolescent, yeah. it makes them feel a little bit more comfortable than saying, uh, I have, I'm going to therapy. Yeah, I agree. And, and really just like having someone come to their home, like their environment. Right. So the one thing I do is if they have, if I believe they need long-term therapy, I will refer them. So I will not do coaching with them if they need long-term therapy. So that's right. the first thing I'm really like, I would tell a family, your, um, what's going on with you needs to be, you need to see a therapist. Right. So I'm right. very, like mental health is like really, really important to me. And yeah. some things coaching you need to see a therapist and I make sure that I don't overstep those boundaries. Right. Right. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That, I mean, that's awesome. I, I actually, a lot of the families um, come to me after they've sort of exhausted the whole um, talk therapy in an office. <laughs> um, and many families like after years. Right. So I see and I completely see the difference like in going into the home as opposed to children sitting in an office, especially yeah. the, the earlier years. It makes such a huge difference. Definitely, because the one thing is when I did my training and I used to work um, for a mental health agency where we would go out in the community and see our patients in the home. Mm -hmm. therapy in the home but one thing that I really you still have to remember those boundaries because it's a therapeutic relationship so if a family is offering you dinner you know you decline nicely and you know things like that now I could come bring dinner sometimes I'll pick up um, some of the kids I work with and go eat with them mm -hmm. you know I may have the families meet me out somewhere so it's more intimate and they feel more comfortable but one thing yeah. is that it's hard to get to cut that relationship oh um, yeah because they get so comfortable with you and a lot of parents don't mind paying the money because some of them need help with their environment in the home right
Yeah. Yeah. It's down true. Down the cooking, down the structure, down the bedtime. I've seen it all. Yes. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. I, it's, I mean, with the, we really, we do like a lot of the same work. So I love it. Yes. <laughs> and I love hearing, um, you're actually probably the first that, um, th- quite often I will sit and have dinner with my family. So I, I love hearing that, that I'm not the only one. <laughs> yes, that That's the one thing that I love about coaching. Like I, I'm a psychologist. I love therapy, but I just chose not to do therapy. Right. Yeah. When I mean, working with that population. Right. Right. So no, my it, business is strictly coaching and consulting because I find that it, it, it just works better. Like me personally, if I don't have anything severe going on, but my son is, you know, getting in a little trouble, I would rather have him, you know, have a coach come in that could come in the house, see our environment, tell us, you know, if anything needs to be changed, what we need to work on, you know, so right. it's just easier. Yeah, I know. I, I, I agree. I love that you, that you love doing that part of it as opposed to like the talk therapy. Yes. And you know, some of the kids are like, oh my gosh, like you play video games and you know, and if, God forbid if I beat them in like Madden or 2K, they like, how do you know this? And I'm like, I'm a mother. So sometimes you're doing things that their own parents don't do with them either. Right. You know, yeah. and then you teaching the you you're teaching the parents how to interact with their children. How yes. Them mm-hmm. To open up and talk to you. Sometimes it's easy as pulling out a board game or right that they like to do. Yep. It's true. One hundred and fifty percent. Right. So so true. Oh, love it. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you a few questions. Um, I mean, we already talked a little bit about it, but so your thoughts as a single mom and parenting on the same page and your experiencing experience with it. Mm-hmm. Wait, can you repeat that one more time? I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. What are your thoughts, which we kind of really already talked about a little bit, but parenting on the same page with, with your co-parent and, and really like bridging that, that uh, communication. You know what? I would say it wasn't easy in the beginning um, because once right. the relationship dissolves as adults, we hold on to emotions and yes. we try not to put it on the kids, but sometimes it's hard. And it right. was like that oh we couldn't even stand being around each other we were like (laughs) oh gosh but one thing for me and we both had to just sit down and realize that we may not have worked but now we have a kid and we had to go back to we were friends before right you know we had a friendship we go back to that i hear your dog now (laughs) i know sorry no, it's okay. You know, how could we go back to that and co-parent together? Mm-hmm. And right. that's, what, that's what we went back to. The relationship is over, but we have a friendship now. We have a child. So at least for 18 years, we have to deal with each other now. So yeah. how can we make this work? Yes. And no. one, thing, one thing I started to do, and I have a controlling spirit. I'm very, I'm very <laughs> alpha woman. Mm-hmm. And I control everything. 
that's one of the things I had to step back and allow him to parent how he parented. Right. Instead of telling him how to parent. Because I was right. a parent too. Who the fuck <laughs> I was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may have read more books about it, but that's what helped us. And yeah. that's what kind of bridged the gap between transitioning from relationship, us living together, having a baby, separating and going our separate ways. No, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy. It's it's definitely a process that you have to go through both individually and then together right. to, to try and co-parent. <laughs> right, and we co-parent a little different than most people co-parent because we spend all the holidays together. We don't do separate things. We give birthday parties together. We do everything together. So it's not like he's with his dad for part of his birthday or part of Christmas. Like we're very enmeshed, but my son understands that we are not together. Right. Right. But yeah. He, I, he does get along. So we could, we take him out to eat. We take him to do, we just do things as a family. Right. No, I think that's really special. I, I don't come across it often, but there have been a few families that I've, or and even through friendships where, their families still to this day do that. And it's nice, but you're right. It's, it's not easy for right too many families to be able to do that. But if you can do it, then I think it's so, right. so and, it's, and we've both moved on. So it's right. about making the other people in your life feel comfortable, but also understanding this is what you're going to be dealing with. Right. At the end of the day, our kid comes first and this is what works for him. Absolutely. No, I agree. Good for you. Power to you, woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then what about your thoughts on communicating effectively with, with your son? With my son? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, spoke, I touched on this a little earlier, but one of the things with him is that I never did the baby talk. Right. I always, you know, told him to use his words Mm -hmm. which is really, really important. And now as he get older, kids start lying, you know, always, yeah. always know when he's lying. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, Oh mom, you, you only know because you're a psychologist. I'm like, no, <laughs> as a parent, if you're paying attention to your kid, you know, when they're not telling the truth. So I, I love try it. to keep it to where <laughs> he is comfortable enough to tell us anything. Because mm -hmm. another thing is, kids are getting abused and they don't speak out about it because they feel uncomfortable. So we I, yes. talk to him about everything. What's going on. Right. News. You know, we try not to hide things from him, but we do try to keep it appropriate to his age. Of course. Right. Right. So that's, that's been effective for us. Just really sitting down talking he asks a million questions a day. Yes. <laughs> They're supposed to. <laughs> Lord, I'm like, oh, at this age, they ask so many questions. And I try to be very honest with him. Yeah. And, and if it's something that, you know, like, because they hear so many things, it's at school. Yes, you know, they do. They come home and ask me, what's sex? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sure. I don't doubt <laughs> you know, it. And I'm 
my at gosh. that age, I actually hear that a lot with at, at that age. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that it is so many things that these kids are exposed to outside of the home. So you have to be honest. I agree. I agree. It's right. Well, good for you. That's awesome. And so if you could give one tip to our viewers or parents watching, what would you say would be the number one thing that could help with them parent more ease and be more intentional in their parenting? Consistency is key. One thing that I learned through this journey of 10 years of parenting is being consistent mm -hmm. and learning that time is more important than the presence, the activities you do. You don't yeah. spend a lot of money mm -hmm. to spend time with your child. Kids are easy going. Mm -hmm. We as adults make it a lot harder. You can spend a day at a park with a kid and they're happy. So that's the thing mm -hmm. that I learned is just being consistent and just spending time. And it could be, he has favorite shows. I pop some popcorn. We may watch a show together. You know, it, it's, it's easy with kids. He may want to walk around to the park. It's not always about the money we spend. Right, right. Yes, yeah, so just- That's awesome. And your parenting, if you- if you tell a child, and I, I tell this to my teachers that I teach, I'm like, if you tell a child that you're going to put them on punishment for a behavior, but you don't do it, and then they do it again, and you say the same thing, kids are smart. They know you, they're going to call your bluff each time. So you have to be consistent <laughs> with kids because sometimes mm -hmm. they, they outsmart us. They do, and 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 they they pay attention. They they if if they know when you say you're gonna do something, the next time they 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 will know and they will call you out on it. Oh, but you said this. You said that you were gonna do this, and you didn't do it. Like they, and that's what you have to follow through. It's so yes, and that's one of the things that I've just really tried to be consistent in my parenting with him, and really spend the quality time. Right. And, and that's, you know, the, the, the advice I would give parents, just be consistent and, you know, spend that time just because you're in the house together. That doesn't mean you're spending time together. Right. You know, my son is getting older. He doesn't want to hang out that much. You know, I have to like go in his room. Like, are you going to come out? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I kind of force him to spend like quality time with me because he's getting older so he's mm -hmm. not paying much attention to me anymore but um yeah right. <laughs> that's the advice that i would give is it's important i agree thank you so much you're welcome I, it was such a pleasure having you on the show thank you yes. for for coming on and chatting with me i hope to collaborate in the very near future <laughs> yes. yes definitely I, I will look forward to that Yes, absolutely. So let's see if I can, for anyone located in the LA area, especially for in person, reach out to Dr. Edwards, dredwards.com. Let's see if I can get your website up on the screen. Doesn't want to work with me. <laughs> dredwards.com. So thank you, my viewers, for tuning in. It has been a pleasure this Monday evening. Have a good uh, night, parentingwithapunch.com, to learn all the ways that you can work with me. 
Have a good one and keep asking for more. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.